I have created a freebie for you. 41 ways to teach your child entrepreneurial skills in your homeschool to help you take your homeschool to the next level. Link in the show notes. I am so excited to introduce Neutralite. This company has been around for 80 plus years. They were green before green was even a thing. They have the world's number one kids and adults vitamins and kids and adults probiotics. This company uses the power of plants from seed to product to nourish and support you and your family's immune systems so you can have fun and enjoy living life together. Don't spend another penny on low quality vitamins that invest more in advertisement than the product. Arm yourself with Neutralite vitamins and probiotics. With purchases over $99, there's free shipping. Stop losing sleep and time with your family and get back to life with Neutralite. Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's guest is Mary Morgan. She is the author and creator of National Park Mystery Series, and she and her family have visited more than 45 national parks. They've explored and photographed each one. And it's because of these adventures that she got the inspiration to write a series for children. Keeping the facts, but adding the fun, mysterious adventures, hoping in them a desire to explore the parks for themselves. Some titles are Lava Chasers at Volcanoes, Two If By Tea in Boston, and her newest arrival, Shark Tale at Mammoth exciting fun reads and a fun fact about her books all the characters in each book are based on and named after the kids in her life some things that we talk about in this episode are how parents should network with other parents or organizations to create the best education possible for their children also don't stop the spelling and good penmanship and incorporating fine arts like art and music let's value them also how your children have such different personalities studying them and learning their strengths and weaknesses wow this can really help you tailor your teaching style accordingly so go grab your coffee go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what mary has to say let's get into the podcast Mary, say hello to our guest and tell us one fun fact about national parks well, if you've ever been to Mount Rushmore and you look at those wonderful faces on the monument, behind one of them is an 80-foot-long vault that contains the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitution, as well as the history of what it took to make Mount Rushmore. And it is behind Lincoln's head. But it's a fun fact that I have in a book that I have kids go searching for. That's awesome. I'm so glad you were able to be on today. So tell us about more about what you do. So you are, for me, you are the National Park Lady. You have all of these books and this wealth of information. Tell us more about what you got going on. Well, I have always enjoyed traveling. As a child, my folks traveled. We went to national parks, national important places, and I always had a, a love of history. So when my husband and I got married and we had opportunity to travel, we would take our own two kids 
to national parks and we would read all the green signs and look at everything. And then I learned about the junior ranger program. And when I wanted to start writing my books, I thought, let's incorporate all the fun things about a national park. And it has been quite successful. How many national parks have you gone to so far? About 60. We've been in all 50 states. There are 403 under the umbrella of the national parks, but we've been to about 60 national parks. Okay, first off, I didn't even know that there were, there were that many. <laughs> I was like, I thought there was like five. <laughs> so you, how many? 400 and what? 403. There are monuments. There are battlefields. There are waterfalls, lake shores, and the actual parks. And here in Lansing, Michigan, we have a new one called the Automotive Corridor because of all the GM plants and like that. Oh, my goodness. So tell me about your company and how your lessons talk about all. Are they lessons or are they trips that they can go on? Like, tell us about what you're doing. <laughs> like, okay. Like... <laughs> Basically, they are fun reading books. If you ever read Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boy mystery books, very similar in nature to those books. I started out just as a writer. I had a publisher who unfortunately died just prior to COVID. So I own the company now, but they're just books that I wanted to have for entertainment and they ended up being full of history and geography which moms like teachers like homeschool teachers moms they love them so it, it just has proven to be a really good adventure for me so they're mystery books right yes they are yes and they're clean mysteries there are rules in the national park you may not deface the property you cannot steal anything or whatever and every national park we go to i ask the ranger what is your worst crime and they say, well, we really don't have much crime. But I say, well, what is going on that kids could work with rangers, solve the mystery, and then they become the heroes. So they give me something that's kind of easy and we kind of blow it up into a really good plot and kids have adventures in my books. So these are real things that are happening in the actual park. You get actual facts and then right. you create yes. a, a type of, I guess, fictional story on factual things. Correct. I visit all the parks before I write about them. I interview rangers. I get the junior ranger book. I read all their brochures. I go online. I just learn a lot of things about the park. And especially I get to call back to the interpretive rangers who like to give me all kinds of facts, the inside scoop, things that you won't know just by visiting there. And then I incorporate that into my plot. How did you think of that? Well, how did you get inspired to do that? That was, that's Amazing. I went to a Christian writers conference in 2008, listened to everything they had to say because I had a desire to write books. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to write. I went back the next year and they kept saying, it's going to take a lot to get published. And I thought, what is new under the sun? They challenged us to find a niche market where there wasn't much competition. And because I like to travel, I love kids. I love photography. I love reading mystery books. I thought, I am just putting this all together. I'm a pastor's wife, so I should be writing devotionals and speaking at mother-daughter banquets. But no, we came up with the National Park Mystery Book Series. I love that. I love getting out of the box. You don't have to do what you're labeled. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow, that is fantastic. You know, me as an adult, I have a desire to go to different national parks. I really honestly just thought of like, you know, Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone. <laughs> now I have a whole different out view and a bucket list of 403. That's amazing. It's, yeah. it, it is like, do you think a person can actually get to all of them in a lifetime? 
Probably not. They are forever coming up with new ones. It takes so much to travel to them and experience them. Almost every state has a park. So no matter where your family might be traveling, you can Google and find out where the national parks are. And they are very receptive. And especially for homeschool families, remember, if you have a fourth grader, they can get you in for free. So there is no entrance fee for anybody with a fourth grade child. That's a great thing. Wow. Okay. I have a question outside of what I was thinking before. (laughs) What has been your most favorite park? And the other question is, what has been your most, wow, that's a really cool thing that kids can solve a mystery for? I think our favorite park that we've been to is Volcanoes National Park in Hawaii. We've been blessed to go to Hawaii for three times. And the first time we went on a tour, the second time we went with our daughter and son-in-law, this third time, I wanted to go and chase waterfalls and try to come up with things for a book. Well, when we arrived there in 2018, around April 16th, the volcano was just starting to steam. And the rangers told us, we know it's going to erupt soon, but they couldn't tell us how soon. So we were there on the island. We had rented a car, so we would go up each day, study the volcano. It was filling, the caldera was filling in with orange lava. We went through the lava tube again. We drove the 22 miles down the lava fields right down near the ocean. We walked out to the petroglyphs that are over 600 uh, years old, studied that. And that's where their worst crime is at because the the petroglyphs are, are like the little drawings and people will take a paper and with an orange crayon or whatever, they will color over it to get the shape on a paper. Well, that is ruining the ancient petroglyphs. So that was what we had for that crime. But every day we were going back up there, we went to the Jager Museum. And one night we were having dinner 29 miles away at our hotel, at a Taco Bell right by our hotel. And our friend from Utah calls his Mary. We just heard that Kilauea is going to erupt pretty soon. Stay away. And we said, oh, no. Uh, And it was really raining hard that night. And I said to my husband, we need to go back up and see this orange lava at night. So we drove the 29 miles back up to the top of Kilauea. The rain was driving almost horizontally, turned our umbrella inside out. But we were there and you could just see the river of orange bubbling up. And it was such a cool sight. And then we went back. And so we were on all the islands for two weeks, but we got home. And two days later, in May of 2018, it did erupt. And it was the most recent eruption. And right after that, I got to go to my grandson's school. And of course, they all know I'm this writer. And so I was showing them actual lava flows and the pictures and everything almost in real time that we had just experienced. So that's really cool because the book is called Lava Chasers at Volcanoes National Park. And what that is, is I researched the STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math curriculum, and came up with how could kids go to an island and detect if a volcano is about to erupt by doing experiments. And you can. You can use a seismograph. You can get down by the ocean. You can see what earthquakes are taking place. You can Uh, measure the earthquakes that are going on under your feet. There's just so many things that are going on right by a volcano that you can do experiments. So that was kind of a fun one to write. I love that one. Mary, I need you in my life. Pardon? (laughs) I need you in my life. (laughs) Oh, 
I, I just have so much fun. And here's another cool thing. And this is totally a God thing. For Christmas, and we only have two grandkids, but they are now 13 and 15. But they were getting so many Christmas gifts. So we decided we were going to do a mystery trip in the summertime. At Christmas, we would give them little clues as to maybe what we would be doing. And for their birthdays or whatever, we'd give them more clues. And then in the summertime, we would take them on a three or four day trip. And now it's mainly going to national parks. But in 2019, just before COVID, we decided we would go to Mammoth Cave. I wanted to do one set in Mammoth Cave. Well, the ranger who I'd worked with three years earlier in the Everglades, had been transferred up to the Mammoth Cave site. So I worked with him. He gave me all kinds of information. And then when we took our grandkids down there, because I wanted them, I wanted to observe their action and reactions to going down into a cave. How would they do? And just the things that they might experience with bats and anything else that are in a cave that they might see. So we did it. They loved it. And I came home and started writing and then COVID hit. And my publisher died. So things kind of flatlined. And I wasn't quite sure how I was going to rebound, if we were going to rebound. But in the end, after a couple of experimental things, we decided we would start our own company. And in the end, I was still writing all my Mammoth Cave stuff. But the rangers from down there sent me emails and said, Mary, during COVID... In 2021, they were doing deep cave explorations down at the 450 feet level, and they found fossils of great uh, sharks that were the size of great white sharks, 40 unnamed fish and other sharks that they said swam there 350 million years ago. We would put it at a flood, but they said, you need to change your book with a shark theme. So that is how just this year, we came out with Shark Tail at Mammoth Cave. And it's so cool. And this is what it is. I just get all this information and God has just given me this brain that twirls things around and I get to just come up with fun adventures. And so now I have kids who live in the central part of our country who are buying the books and now they want to go to Mammoth Cave, including my grandkids. They think I have to take them back. So if I can show you the cover. Yeah. It's just kind of cool. So anyway, it's just a fun adventure. Oh, and one thing I forgot to mention, because my husband's a pastor and I wanted to come up with my characters, I chose two real homeschooled kids in our church as my main characters that go from book to book to book because they just lived up the street from our church. They were really faithful in coming and I'm the church secretary. They were forever in our church. They were folding the bulletins with me and just being such really great kids. I thought you're the best role models for two characters in my books. And there's a lot of girly books out there, but not as many series for boys. So I let the boy be the dominant character. My husband was a boy scout. So I lean on him for boy ideas for the books and he comes through really well for me. And the boy in the book, the real boy, he had some reading difficulties. And then when I started writing books about him and every chapter ends with a cliffhanger. So he started reading my books and he plowed through them. And his mom said, write faster, write faster. And so it's just kind of the cool things that have come with all of this that I've lived and I've learned and with each book, it's just kind of a, a fun thing. And now this, the sad thing is after writing about them for 10 years, they're now 21. My husband just married the daughter, the girl this uh, past spring. So my own grandkids said, grandma, 
they're too old. We have to be your Ben and Becca now. <laughs> so in, in the back of my book, I have a learning section for kids. So I have camping recipes, fun facts, the animals, the people who started the, the park, all this fun stuff, educational things. And I have pictures of all the kids who are the characters in that particular book. And as the family goes camping, they meet a new family that helped the kids solve the mystery. So I throw those kids' pictures in and it's just really fun. Another really great book that I learned from it was I, Boston is a national historical park. And if, if I could take time to explain that one, because this one is so full of Revolutionary War era history. I did my research and my husband and I, we take our teens on mission trips each summer. And we had worked at a camp near Boston and we took the kids into the city one year and we got to experience a lot of the historical park, the Freedom Trail. Well, then I decided I was going to write a book about it. Well, I learned from my Googling, you cannot use the term the Freedom Trail in anything without permission of the national director. So I wrote my manuscript. She had to read it. I sent it to her and her name was Suzanne Taylor. It, they want to make sure that you are treating the Freedom Trail with respect. And what this book is, it's a scavenger hunt on the Freedom Trail. So kids, there's seven teams and the kids are all in teams and they uh, get their, their clue and have to go to the next monument and solve it and everything. And clues come up missing. Things are sabotaged. Kids are wondering, well, this has a bullying theme. So I sent the manuscript to her and she said, Mary, this is really great. I will give you my blessing to include the word, the Freedom Trail. But are you aware that you cannot have any likeness in your book of the Old North Church without permission of the vicar? And I said, oh, well, that won't be a problem because we're going there next Sunday with our group of teens to do community service. We'll just attend church there and then I'll talk to them. So sure enough, we went there, did our week of camp, working with the kids, then over the weekend. I read the manuscript to our church teens in route out there, and the city came alive to them. They loved all the history that they could experience there. We went to church at the Old North Church. We got there at 5 to 11. They locked the door right about 2 minutes to 11, and we uh, enjoyed the service, just thinking of where all the patriots used to sit and this great, big, wonderful white church. And then afterwards, I talked to the pastor and I explained the situation. And he said, if Suzanne Taylor gives you her blessing, I will give you my blessing. And so on the cover of my Boston book is a likeness of the Old North Church. So it's just really, really cool how God has kind of orchestrated things to tie it all together. And when families come up to the tables and they want to buy my books, they say, well, what do you have that's science? Well, I point to the Everglades book and I say, oh, that's all the ecosystem. Everything's trying to eat each other. If you want history, we have our Gettysburg book and we have our Boston book. And if you're doing the STEM or whatever you're doing, and if you just want to go learn about sunken ships, come here to Michigan, go to our UP and read all about the sunken ships up in Lake Superior with stolen treasures at Pictured Rocks. So it's just been kind of a fun, fun thing that I've gotten to do and I just can't quit talking about it. <laughs> I'm like so taken aback at your creativity. I mean, wow, that's amazing. You're like our own very much Angela Lansbury. <laughs> it's like but you're coming exactly. through with all this. I think that's beautiful. Wow. 
Mary, I love it. But that is just, oh my goodness. I feel, I wish I can be a kid again and go through all of these, these learning schools because I feel like through everyone I've ever talked to in the, in the homeschool community, you guys just have this beautiful creativity and just richness of educational wealth. I mean, you make it come alive. It's not just anymore, just something we're sitting down and reading, boring. No, it's coming to life. I love that. I love that, man. So what's the call to action? Where can parents and families find your resources? On my website, which is National Park, only singular park, mysteries.com. I have videos of all the books. And I, I did that during COVID when nobody could really do craft shows or go to conventions. I did videos of each one. Now, I haven't done one of the Mammoth Cave book because it's so new. It just came out in September, October, in October. And there are also sample chapters from each book available so that your kids can read it. It's 14 font. And a lot of moms have said, I like your larger font. And also it's good for any children who have dyslexia because it helps them to focus on the letters and they can form their words a whole lot easier. So I did not know that when we chose that font, but it's one of those side things that has been just for the blessing of a lot of people. So yes, nationalparkmysteries.com. If you want to email me, my email address is nationalparkmysteries at gmail.com. My son-in-law is my webmaster. So if anybody places an order, he sends it over to me. I autograph every book. I can personalize it with a child's name in it. And then we just ship them right out to you as we can. And, and I would say that it, the books are Christian Worldview, Safe Reading for Children. And moms at these homeschool conferences that I go to, they take comfort in that because they don't have to read the book before they give it to their kids. And yes, we go to the great homeschool conventions in Cincinnati, Ohio, and Greenville, South Carolina. We were going to do Texas, but we have one here in Michigan. And they do really, really well with homeschool families because they're the ones who go to national parks for two and three month vacations Dad drives, mom teaches, kids run around and play and just learn a lot and route. So they're just kind of fun. And that is the opportunity of homeschool to be able to teach wherever you go and enjoy your mm -hmm. life. I love that, man. That's fantastic. I'll have all of those links and all of the things that you have in the, in your show notes. So people mm -hmm. can just click and go as we're wrapping up, which I wish I didn't have to wrap up with you because I'm just enjoying our conversation so much. But what is one big takeaway you want to leave with families from our conversation today? Let your kids enjoy their education. As I have worked with homeschool families, gone to these conferences, observed them. We're just surrounded here in Michigan with homeschool families and especially our friends out in Boise, Idaho and like that, that just make sure that you know your child's personality type, how they're, they learn well, focus in on it for each child, have it a little different. Let them just love their education, appreciate what they're learning. What I do try to encourage moms and dads to do is pick the weak area that your child has, be it in reading or spelling or whatever. Really work with them gently so that it doesn't remain a weakness so that they can get confidence and keep going and strive and achieve. And, and even I do encourage kids, creative writing. Be like me. I always loved to read. I always wanted to write. Start writing your stories. Put in your friends. Put in pictures so that that's even a part of their fun learning education as well. So, and if I can do it, they can do it. 
and they can learn. And oh, what's really fun too is that because I own my own company now, I can do whatever I want in my books. In the back, not only do I have pictures of the kids who are characters, I'm opening it up so kids who draw well send me their pictures of the different things in a park. And especially I have one cute little gal from Holland, Michigan. She's a homeschool gal. She has her artwork now in my book, my Mammoth Cave book. She drew my Junior Ranger, little guy that's going to be on the back of every book. And we call him JR for Junior Ranger. But it's just kind of a fun thing. So it's just a fun connection that I've had with the homeschool market now. So I'm just really, really thankful. Thank you so much, Mary, for coming on today. It's been awesome talking with you and getting to hear all of your adventures. Thank you. Have a great, great rest of your day. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.